We're one hour behind schedule, Steve. That's hilarious. Times best-selling and award-winning author of the kick-ass Vanessa Michael Monroe thrillers, and this is the Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time. It sounds like this is the Taylor Stevens Show with the raspy voice Taylor this week. Is that a true statement? I'm getting better, <laughs> but it's lingering. I don't have the flu. I'm so grateful. Every day I'm getting better and better. And let me just say, the Taylor Stevens Show is brought to you by you guys out there listening and you guys who are out there listening, getting value from this and becoming patrons of Taylor's on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Taylor Stevens. If you find value from these shows and you want more of them, that's the place to go and show that you really like them. Patreon.com slash Taylor Stevens. Taylor, we're doing a Hack the Craft show today. It is going to be probably fairly lengthy. It's probably going to be two parts, so we're not going to have any chit-chat. So let's just get to it. Our submission today is from an author who asked to remain anonymous, and she's been writing on and off over the past three years. She's always loved reading, but a few years back, a story idea popped into her head and wouldn't let go, and she finally just had to start writing her thoughts down. So more recently, she's done more rewriting than actual making progress on new material. And in all the rewriting that she's done, the story's gone from present tense to past tense to present tense to past tense and back again. Oh, my. And it's a first-person, single POV romance. And the main character is supposed to be British, and her counterpart is from Scandinavia. In the scene that we're going to work over today... The heroine is at judo practice, as is the guy she's trying not to fall in love with. And during the practice, she has a panic attack triggered by something that's happened in the past. This is part of the fifth chapter, so there have been hints along the way that she's pushing some thoughts away. And the author's biggest concern is if the scene works and if it's described clearly and logically enough, she's afraid of cliches. And she also worries that the emotion that she's trying to create that it's going to read more like confusion or chaos instead of inner turmoil. And she's also concerned that the different characters in the scene, she wants to be sure that they're acting and speaking differently enough to feel like separate people and not cardboard cutouts. So that's what we're going to be focusing on as best as we can. Now, one of the biggest factors to keep in mind as we go into this particular edit is that the author is a non-native English speaker living in a non-English speaking country, and she's writing in English. And that just blows my mind. I mean, that's just huge. And at this point, all native English speakers have no excuses. Like, (laughs) if if we've got someone who doesn't even speak wasn't born speaking this language, learned it as a second or third, I don't know how many languages she speaks, and she's writing in English, your excuses are invalid, get to it. Um, So I'm raising this issue. She didn't ask me to bring that up, but I'm raising that specifically because as we go through this material, we are going to find a few unusual word choices or some mixed up grammar that might otherwise be one of those things that, you know, causes one of those cartoon question mark dialogue boxes to pop up over somebody's head. So I just want to give some context to it so that we understand that this is pretty freaking amazing what it is we're about to see in that it was written by somebody who doesn't wasn't born knowing the language. All right. 
Ready? Uh, you know, I'm not going to say anything about not being born knowing language. Oh, hush. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I meant. I say that only because, and this falls in, uh, into the, the category of chit-chat, but our grandson is so freaking adorable right now. He's a year and a half old, a little bit, maybe 19 months old, or real close to 19 months, and he's just jabbering all the time, but there are very few words that come out. So right. that's what popped into my mind when you said born without knowing language. Okay. Wasn't raised speaking English there. <laughs> All right. Shall we begin? We shall. Okay. Oops, I went too far already. All right. In the wardrobe before practice, I felt more carefree than I'd done since the day I first met Anderson. I turned into focus mode before entering the hall. Feeling calm, I joined Hammonds and Anderson, currently chatting techniques with Brandon. I dropped my bag down next to theirs. Hello, guys. They replied almost in unison. Brandon and Hammonds resumed their conversation, but Anderson continued to watch me in silence, distancing himself from the conversation. Was he assessing my mood? I gave him an apologetic half-smile to show I wasn't going to bite his head off today. So what we're going to do here is break it down um, chunk by chunk, and instead of me fixing it, I'm going to explain to you my thoughts on it and my suggestions, and for those who are up to another homework assignment, you guys go ahead and take a stab at it, and you can compare your revisions to mine when we get to the next next round. All right, and, and now here's where I have to interrupt and say this is also available on video on Taylor's Patreon page. We will also have a link to, to you can, so that you can download what we're looking at right now on video so that you can see it with all the color coding that Taylor has done here to help you with your homework assignment. That's right. Okay, so um, right, what I've done here is in marking it in yellow, I'm pointing out word choice issues that maybe I would use some other different word choice. And the first one, wardrobe, I highlighted that because it struck me as this might not just be a British, British English to American English thing. And I actually went and did some research to find out if wardrobe is proper usage in Britain for um, like locker room or changing room or whatever. And the best that I can tell, it's not. Um, wardrobe is used as a closet more, where you would maybe even a walk-in closet, but it's not a changing room. And this creates a problem for me because it was a, a sort of a last-minute realization, like, wait a minute, maybe I should not be messing with this word, um, that I end up using when I do my own changes. I'm going to use it as locker room because I'd already written um, edits, and to have to rewrite it to changing room and then change my word usage down the road to avoid repetition. It was just too much, too time consuming. But um, in the United States, we would say locker room because we're talking about a, a gym type thing. And I think in Britain, the proper usage is changing room or change room. I could be mistaken. If there's any Brits out there who want to correct me, feel free. But that's what I was able to turn up in my um, research. So in the wardrobe before practice, I felt more carefree. I felt more carefree is, I think, a um, it, it's awkward English. So we would want to say I felt lighter or um, more relaxed or something along those lines. I felt more carefree than I'd done 
that's just a, a confusion on how to use English. That should be been. I felt more carefree than I'd been. So then the day I first met Anderson. Now, I highlighted out the day I first met. This is very common. We see it in a lot of writing. It's We're saying too many words. We could say the day I met Anderson or first meeting Anderson. We don't need to have the day and I first met all together. So I would chunk that down to eliminate unnecessary words. That's how this part of the chapter opens. In the wardrobe before practice, I felt more carefree than I'd done since the day I first met Anderson. And it says then, I turned into focus mode before entering the hall. And I highlighted out the word before, because anytime we have a word like before or when or something like that in the middle of a sentence like that, it's telling us that we are putting the order of words in the wrong direction and we are not in that sort of first person frame of mind. It becomes a perspective issue where it's kind of vague, not really immediate. So before is usually a big no-no when you're saying this happened before that, whatever. We want to try and get those reordered. So that's going to need to be fixed. As far as I turned into focus mode, that's um, just a non-native English speaker quirk. So we want to say I focused or um, something that implies that we, we got our head into the game and not in that particular order of words. So I, go ahead. No, I didn't say anything. That was actually someone else coughing. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I, in between those two first sentences, I blocked out um, just a, a paragraphical notation. We need something that has a sense of present movement as we start. Even though this is in the middle of a chapter, we, we want to keep the character in motion always. And as you notice these first few sentences, it's just thinking. It's thinking and telling, but there's no actual showing of anything that's happened. So what we want to do is take those thoughts and those feelings and convert them into action. And through action, um, describe how the person is doing. So even if it's, you know, while changing my clothes or I set my clothes on a rack, we just need to have something that's got the character having um, motion. Feeling calm, I joined Hammonds and Anderson, currently chatting techniques with Brandon. I dropped my bag down next to theirs. Hello, guys. So we're starting this sentence here, feeling calm. We really want to avoid the use of the words, I felt, feeling, and we've got two of them in the first paragraph. I felt more carefree, feeling calm. We don't want to tell the reader how the character is feeling. We want to show it as much as we can through action. And we've already stated that she felt relaxed, so we don't need it a second time. And we don't have any sense of again, where anything is positioned. So feeling calm, she joins these guys who are currently chatting techniques with Brandon. The question then is, if you're in this character's head and you're walking through that door, 
you're going to see where they're positioned and you are not going to know what they are talking about unless you are right there present with them. So to join someone, the character has to get from point A to point B, and that's what's sort of missing in this opening paragraph is a sense of place, a sense of movement, character in motion. So we want to get rid of the feeling calm because we already know it, and we don't know what it is that they're talking about. So we just need to adapt it accordingly. Next I have, I dropped my bag down next to theirs. Down should be in green, not red, but that's redundant. We don't need, if we're dropping a bag, it automatically is going down. There's no other way for it to go, so we can get rid of that. I dropped my bag next to theirs. Hello, guys. I highlighted hello in yellow as a word choice thing because that's not how we typically talk or speak. In our everyday language, we're much more casual, and it would be, hey, guys, hi, guys, anything along those lines. Maybe in Britain, because they're more formal, they would say hello. I don't know, but I'm just pointing it out there for potential look at it. They replied almost in unison. Brandon and Hammonds resumed their conversation, but Anderson continued to watch me in silence, distancing himself from the conversation. Was he assessing my mood? I gave him an apologetic half-smile to show I wasn't going to bite his head off today. So they replied almost in unison, and then the men can resume their conversation, but nothing happens to the bodies. There's no movement. The character is not, the character is still just sort of describing a thing that happened and is not actually in the thing. So what we want is something like, they replied almost in unison, moved over to make room for me or something along those lines so that she actually physically joins the conversation and we see it happen. And then with the part where Anderson continued to watch me in silence, distancing himself from the conversation, that is good. We just might want to look to see if in context we can reword that a little bit to make it more um, immediate so that we actually feel that there's some tension between the characters instead of the character just describing it. Was he assessing my mood? I generally tend to avoid asking questions like that, direct questions in text, because it forces the reader's mind to stop and ask the question. So they are questions like that can be appropriate in certain times and places, but this I don't think is the best use of, if you have a few question cards to play throughout the entire book, this is not the one, the place to play it. Um, but we want to have that, was he assessing my mood? We want to have that question raised, and there are other ways to do it. You know, I assumed he was assessing my mood. Um, you know, just along those lines, it's a way to do it. So try and avoid a direct question like that. I gave him an apologetic half smile to show I wasn't going to bite his head off today. Now I highlighted out to show in yellow as I know there's a better way to say that, but 
I don't think I figured it out. If there is, I didn't come up with it. And it's still going to be that way in my own edits. And I'll still have it in yellow in my own edits. (laughs) And I wasn't going to is a lot of syllables for wouldn't. So that's something to keep in mind. And bite his head off is a cliche. So maybe it belongs, maybe it doesn't. I'm just highlighting it out there as let's keep that in mind. Next paragraph, uh, next section, moving on. During the practice, I focused on the tasks at hand and it was great having a timeout. I highlighted out focused on the tasks at hand because I have no idea what they are. We want to have the character in motion, but the character is not in motion. It's just vaguely doing something. Is focusing body movement? Is focusing mental movement? Like, what is actually going on here? And what are these tasks at hand? Now, I know absolutely nothing about judo, but if I was writing this book, I would research what a judo session is like, and I would get some details in there of what it was specifically she was actually doing. Just very brief, because those are the kinds of details that give the, the, the story texture and allow it to feel real. The, the more vague it is, the less real it's going to feel, and the reader has nothing to create a mental picture. So as we get this far into this, the only mental picture I have as a reader is her dropping her bag and saying, hello, guys, and the guys being in conversation and something going on between her and Anderson. But I don't really know what because I haven't read above in the story. So we need more than that. We need a mental picture. And that's where the details come into play. As far as it was great having a timeout, this is a a non-English uh, English speaker issue. Um, that's not how we would use that word. Um, we would say maybe having time to myself, having a mental break, anything along those lines. Now, the very first word this sentence start with starts with is during the practice. And I highlighted out during with red as a no-no. And here's why. And it's going to get a little complicated and it's going to break it's going to break us a bit in, in the instruction, so bear with me. During is an ing word, and there is sort of a rule in writing that you don't start sentences with, and forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, garens. And in preparation for trying to explain about this, I went and actually researched what a garand is, because as you all know, I have fifth grade, sixth grade education in terms of where my English stopped. And grammar, grammar terms, just, it's like a foreign language to me. It makes, makes my head hurt. And so I thought, okay, well, what are, how are other writing teachers explaining this whole don't start with an inward thing? And it went from don't start with a garand, but what is a garand? Well, a garand is always an ingword, but not all ingwords are garands. And it is a noun that can sometimes be an object or sometimes, and I just went, you've got to be kidding me. No wonder nobody understands this, or at least I don't understand it. Here's a much simpler take as best as I can. This is the first time of me trying to explain it, so it might not be completely clear. But starting 
a sentence with an ing word sometimes can create the same effect as using prepositions at the beginning of a sentence or before, when, those types of words in the middle of a sentence. It is indicating that we are trying to get multiple actions, multiple movements crammed into a single thought, and that's not the way that our minds work when they're making movies. So whether the whether or not the word during is a gerund or not is irrelevant. This is the type of situation where we don't want to start the sentence with an ing word. Now, does that always apply? Don't start a sentence with an ing word? No, I do it. I start multiple sentences with ing words if it's because we are deep inside the character's thoughts and he's or she is telling us something. Um, an example comes to mind out of Liar's Paradox, which is the not currently not yet published book, where on the first page, the one of the main characters said, bringing in a target was so much easier if it was dead. Bringing in a target, that is starting, in, starting it with an ing word. But trying to pretzel that type that concept or those thoughts into something that doesn't start with ing will just make it clunky. So the difference is starting a sentence with ing, an ing word, when the character is talking about something they want to do or their, their thoughts or desires, that works. Starting a sentence with an ing word when you're actually describing something that's happening right then and there um, motion, walking down the street, I saw a guy with a red hat. Doesn't work. So if we're talking about physical things that are happening right then on the page, no ing word. If it's inner dialogue and all of that, then it's fine most of the time. So that's the, the simplest hack description I can give you. And um, I'm going to have to come up with a how to figure out not to do it, where to do it, how to hunt it down, but it's not easy, and that's coming in a future um, Hack the Craft on Patreon. Okay, and just for those of us who are taking notes and are a little bit slow, could you give the rule again, the one that you just gave? Okay, so if the sentence starts with an ing word, the sentence that starts with an ing word is something that's happening in the moment, during the practice, I focused at the ta on the tasks at hand. No, we do not want to start the sentence with an ing word because what that is creating is a sense of loose time and space cramming multiple concepts together. If you're starting a sentence with an ing word and it's actually inner dialogue, like bringing in a target was so much easier if that target could be dead, that's okay. Because we're not confusing multiple movements, or and the brain is not having to reorder the events to get them into a chronological series of, of movements. So inner dialogue is okay. Actual action and stuff that's happening in the moment where we're supposed to be seeing things as the character moves through the character's eyes, not okay. Got it. Thanks. All right. So back to the text here. During the practice, I focused on the tasks at hand, and it was great having a timeout, even with Anderson in the room. I kept tabs on him, though, and I could feel him watching me, too. When Mr. Evans announced for us to find a grappling partner, Anderson sought me out, grinning. 
enjoyment and challenge gleamed in his eyes. I cracked my neck and shook my body to loosen up. Your funeral. I wasn't going to take shit today. So here's um, a small little block out here where it says, I kept tabs on him, though, and I could feel him watching me, too. This is important in third person, but it's especially important in first person. If there's anywhere that you can take out the I, take it out. Because we're going to have so much of that I, 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 I already that it's kind of like removing the extra she's, his, or whatever. So in this case, the sentence is actually improved if we say, I kept tabs on him, though, and could feel him watching me, too. So that's just something to keep in mind in your own writing. Minimize the I's, the he's, the she's, the pronouns as much as possible. When Mr. Evans announced for us to find a grappling partner. So that is, again, we don't... we don't. That's like the ing word without the ing. Exactly what it is. It's having... Um, when we're, we're looking at... Um, perspective issues, trying to always stay inside the eyes of our character and seeing it like a first-person shooter would, when is a huge indicator that you have fallen out of that and you are now telling it like your distance, you're, you're far back from the scene and you're describing it, sort of what's happening. The reader is not going to have any connection at that point. It's just distance. It's just talking. So you you want to remove that and rewrite it so that we're actually seeing the action flow in real time. Mr. Evans announced for us to find a grappling partner, period. Anderson sought me out, grinning. Enjoyment and get challenge gleamed in his eyes. That's the easiest way to do it is just remove the when and, and figure out a way to, to restructure it. All right. I've got a question on this section. You did not yes. highlight this out, but it's something that I see a lot. And it's not it's certainly not a criticism of this piece because I see it in, in traditionally published uh, material as well. Um, enjoyment and challenge gleamed in his eyes. I, it's a great way of saying what the, the other person is feeling, which you can't know because it's first person. But I've never been able to see challenge gleaming in someone's eyes. Is, would you write something like that? I don't know. It's a shortcut. It's absolutely it is, it's a, a great shortcut. shortcut. Yeah. And I, it, it, I don't know. In this case, I did not highlight it out because of time. Like mm-hmm. every time I highlight something out, I've got to figure out a way to fix it. <laughs> And um, I'm I, I'm trying to focus on the the big things and not pick at every single little. Well, thing, I, right? and I'm I'm not talking specifically about this. I'm just saying in general because I see this and I can see lots of ways that I could use something like this a, as would, a way of shortcutting um, and and quickly being able to tell what someone else is feeling. I wouldn't do it. I think it would be it would be cheating for me. Okay. Um, and, and I could see myself taking that cheat if I was in a hurry, but it's not something that I would advise if you're really trying to keep your writing strong. Okay. Thanks. But for something like this, I mean, it, it, it works. It's a shortcut. It works. And, you know, it's okay. So the next sentence says, I cracked my neck and shook my body to loosen up. Your funeral. I wasn't going to take shit today. Now, this is all great. It's just not in the right order. And when you take a step back from it, it's because we want to 
keep everything flowing um, exactly as it would happen in real life. We just look at it as thought, action, speech. So we can just rearrange it in a way that we get the, you know, when we look at this and we say, what's the thought? I wasn't going to take shit today is the thought. The speech is your funeral. And I crack my neck and body to loosen up is the, um, is the, action. the action. So in, in a case like this, I personally would not have those all running in a single paragraph. And the reason for that is when you separate them paragraph to paragraph, you are creating distinct beats, distinct moments, and that gives you a little more leeway and play for cadence and tempo to which order you want to put those in. If they are going to be in a single sentence like that, it has to be thought, action, speech. I wasn't going to take shit today. I cracked my neck and shook my body to loosen up your funeral, I said. Now, if we were to break it down and go paragraph break this, I cracked my body crack my neck and shook my body to loosen up paragraph break then we could do I wasn't going to take shit today your funeral I said so you can play with it and and get it how you feel you want it to read but using paragraph breaks and will give you a little more leeway in which order things run so that it feels the way you want it to feel Taylor I've got to break you right here I've got to stop you right here we are we're sort of at the break point, and I can see just from looking at your screen that you're only about halfway through this, and I don't want this to be an hour-plus episode. It, I, I think there's so much good information here that if we try and do it all in an hour, people are going to start missing things. So I'd rather break it and have two half-hour episodes that work a little bit better, I think, and the information, I think, will absorb a little bit better into our minds. At least that's what I'm hoping. So... You thought you could get this done in a half hour, didn't you? I not only thought I'd get this done in a half hour, I thought I could get the whole thing done in a half hour. <laughs> and, you, and you thought we'd have time for chit-chat because you were giving me chit-chat ideas before we started, too. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, you guys get mucho from it. So, And, I, and I'm like, woohoo! one less show I have to record. Yay! <laughs> All right. So we will be back again next week with the second part of this. This will wind up being a three-part series. Or four. Or four, because you never know. But uh, we'll have two parts where we're going through the material as Taylor has it highlighted in, in different colors. If you're watching on video, you're not going to hear this. Um, but if people, if you want to see the whole thing, if you're just like sick that it's ended and you're just so into it, go to Taylor's Patreon page. You'll be able to pick it up from there and watch the whole thing on video. We're not going to split that into two episodes. That will just be one. And we will be back again next week with part two of this series. See you guys next week. <laughs>